Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, he's our other lore writer over on Blizzard Watch, and he's also Canadian, which is kind of significant because tomorrow is Thanksgiving for you, Matt Rossi. Well, I'm not Canadian. Okay. Uh, but I'm a Canadian. I thought you were, technically, or on the way. I'm, I've not got my citizenship yet. I am actually okay. going to work on that at some point. But okay. I, I'm a permanent resident. Uh, I am from the United States originally. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow's Thanksgiving up here. And, uh, you know, it's. I've actually been spending a lot of time between playing Assassin's Creed Origins and playing WoW. I've been actually spending a lot of time reading up on Halloween and Hallow's End and comparing the two and trying to figure out, like, there's stuff in game that, that could, I mean, I'm not saying it has been tied together, but it could tie it together and it would really work well to explain what Hollow's End is and where it came from. So I've been doing that this week. I think one of my favorite columns that I did that I really enjoyed doing was one where I talked about the origins of the Headless Horseman in WoW because yeah, it was I, in the manga series. And I'm like, maybe I should, because that was for the old site. Maybe I should rewrite that for the new site. Maybe. Uh, I know that I went with the, uh, actually went with the holiday itself and not the Headless Horseman. I went with, oh, like, yeah. you know, where did this come from? What are its origins? How come they're, they're burning wicker people? Where else do we know they burn wicker people? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? You know, that kind of thing. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff go. The weird thing about humans in World of Warcraft is we only know their history from like 2,000 years ago to now. And we know that in the very distant past, around like before 10,000 years ago, the Vrykul ancestors who had the Curse of Flesh showed up around here and their descendants are humans. But we don't know anything between that period of time and then 8,000 years later. Just 8,000 years passed and we know nothing. What were this humans doing? a big doing? blank space, yeah. yeah okay, before we get know. too far into this, Joe, I need to yeah. go ahead and introduce our other <laughs> co-host, who's Joe Perez. And I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> Why are you, you sorry? It's okay. Do, it's actually do you a really have anything, interesting cut. Do you have anything to say about Hollow's End slash Halloween? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's actually really interesting. And I like that, you know, Rossi is kind of getting into that type of stuff uh, as far as like the correlation between like real world and then in game and then looking at the gaps for that, because that's that's something I've always wanted to talk about because I always it always struck me as a little bit weird. Uh, but it also is really cool because this is the time of year that I start watching all of the horror movies. Like I basically just that's all I watch in October. And so watching stuff like the old wicker man and, and things like that, and then comparing those things to real world mythology stories, and then seeing what was actually pulled over into game is real fun. And also I've been playing Alliance again. I started leveling a gnome hunter uh, because why not? So I'm getting to experience stuff that I haven't experienced in since pre cataclysm. It's interesting. It's fun oh, so you're leveling from like level one. Yep, starting from scratch. Ooh, okay. Well, that's going to be fun. <laughs> it, it is because no, a lot of the stuff I haven't seen, and I never, I have, I never leveled a gnome after they changed the gnome starting experience. Well, and you're like, also I, playing a gnome hunter, which didn't exist until recently. So yeah, so me and my mechanical rabbit Kevin are, are going through and you know having a good time. Kevin, the mechanical rabbit. I have this thing where I name all of my pets hunter pets and battle pets Kevin. Don't ask. I, I don't know where it came from. See, I just come up with like fun names for them. Or ask my friends, which is how moisture came to be. Anyway, um... mine are all Greek mythology names, which is why you know the second they announced the game that I'm playing on the side, I was like, I have to play it now. I yeah, have a good choice. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually looking forward to picking that up to start playing that as well. But Mega Man 11's got my attention aside from WoW right now. 
Yeah. All right. So this week we've got a bunch of reader emails that we're going to go into. Um, I know that the 8.1 PTR has been up and running. I don't know if you guys have had a, have had a chance to look at it. I haven't had a chance to, to look at it yet. And I'm not sure how much of the story element stuff is actually up and available. Ow, I really just snagged my hair hard and that hurt. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was an aside, but that was actually really painful. Um, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at the 8.1 PTR. Have you? Looked at it pretty heavily. Okay. Yeah. All right. I haven't looked at it yet, so we're not going to discuss that just yet because I want to get like all three of us on board so that we can just bounce each other's brains off of each other like we do. This is a weird podcast like already. Anyway, so we're going to answer some reader emails this week. And then next week, we're probably going to go ahead and go into 8.1 because I'm going to have more time to kind of like poke around in there and see what's up and maybe get upset at things i don't know <laughs> i have no idea what to expect and i don't want to ask you guys so um let's go ahead and jump right into the emails if you guys do have an email for lore watch you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com just be sure you put lore watch in the subject line so we know it's intended for this show and not the other podcast which we also answer questions on but not necessarily lore related anyway first question here is from buena salud who is a Blood Elf priest on Malorn, and I think I got their name right because they actually gave me a pronunciation guide. I'm so happy about that. Um, they say, Hello, Watchers. Plenty of bad things happen to good characters in WoW, but I think the one that upsets me the most is what happened to the dragons. When the Aspects used up the bulk of their power to help bring down Deathwing, one of the main side effects was that they're no longer able to have children. Now every dragon that dies or is outright murdered by a Death Knight... <laughs> brings them closer to extinction. What do you think about an expansion where we help the dragons find a way to regain their ability to reproduce? With all they've done for us, I'd say we adventurers owe it to them. It would also be a great excuse to get the remaining dragons reunified towards a common goal. Um, there's more to this email, but it's really lengthy, and that's pretty much the gist of it right there. So, uh, what do you guys think? I agree so far as the idea of it being a raw deal i've never understood that like they were a species that lived on azeroth before the titan forged mucked about with them before the keepers in Ulduar decided to change them they were they were a species and they you know they weren't as smart or as powerful as they are now but they were living things and they had like, the proto drakes yeah yeah like you can if you go read dawn of the aspects you, you get to see like ysera and alexstrasza and malagos all have personalities. Neltharion had a per Neltharion got the rawest deal, quite frankly. Neltharion was perfectly happy being a protodrake. He was like, yeah, I like me. I like being a guy. Hi, let's go do stuff. Oh, okay, so I'm going to be, you know, saddled with all the horror in the world. Gotcha, okay. But yeah, I, I don't know if we'd ever... I, I have a hard time imagining selling that expansion, though. Like, you know, the, the, the big thing of this expansion, the big story is we're going to get the dragons to have babies. Why? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I... It's sort of kind of turning into like farm simulator with dragons or World Pokemon of Warcraft, Go. The Bachelor. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's like you know, um, um, uh, huh? I I don't I'm not sure what we're doing anymore, guys. I I feel like we've lost the script for like from the the old days of you know adventuring, and now we're we're just kind of trying to convince dragons like like the giant scaly pandas to have babies. I I don't I don't know what we're doing anymore guys i don't know like it's a concept though that i'm 
I'm I don't want to say intrigued with, but like I feel like it's one of those threads that we never got resolution on because I never understood why you know giving up their powers as aspects then just said well we can't can't lay eggs anymore sorry whoops and that apparently affected all of the dragon flight members ever like it was it, it was just always weird and it seemed to me like it wasn't wasn't fully thought out yeah, like it was we have dragon fleets that don't have aspects exactly like the, and the nether flight have have eggs the black dragons kids? have been having eggs for like forever mm-hmm. because i mean hello how do you think well i mean Rathion's a bad example because we technically made him but we made him out of a black dragon egg that existed even though deathwing was like injured in deep home not doing anything mm-hmm. this is such an yeah. awkward well, subject well, it, it is <laughs> but i mean it's one of those things where like i'd like to to explore it, not maybe necessarily an entire expansion but maybe have a content release where that is like the plot that ties into something larger, whether it's, you know, in this expansion somehow or later, because technically, technically it would fit here a little bit because if proto dragons existed before the Titan watchers and Titans kind of messed things up a little bit, which means they were a natural construction of Azeroth. So if we're healing Azeroth, healing the dragon flights could be a piece that fits in there. Okay. As long yeah. as it's not the primary focus. It's like, also it, at least some lore hints that the dragons actually came from the elemental planes first and the curse of flesh turned them into proto drakes. Yep. Like, and we know that. Yeah, it's in there too. So maybe we could go to the elemental planes and get some like well, stone drake to show up and come back, come back to Azeroth with us to revitalize the line. Well, it's interesting you say that because I literally just spent an entire expansion as a shaman stabilizing the elemental planes. Like, there was an entire campaign, the Order Hall campaign was entirely revolving around that, bringing stability and bringing those into sort of a unified front. Not not that it actually did anything to fight the Legion, but that was the intent. So, like, you, as a player character, I would love to see that sort of tie into that as well. Like, I just spent a year and a half, uh, or however many, how much time has passed in game, literally stabilizing the elemental period, like, just in general. And I spent the whole expansion having to deal with Odin's crap. So I could grab, <laughs> I could go to Odin and say, look, I know you, you know, owe me. You weren't behind the whole dragon thing the last time, but you're going to help me fix them. Champion, why would I? Because I put up with you. You're a jerk. You know how you gave me a dragon and I punched it in the snoot. And now it does everything I want. How would you like a punch in the snoot, Odin? Oh, God. I've punched Odin in the snoot so many times lately. <laughs> I've been I've been doing the old raid, so I go back and punch him repeatedly. But yeah, oh, he he just something that like because here I don't I don't understand like there's holes in this idea just from the concept of if you need an aspect's power to have viable young, then how are the Nether Drakes doing it? And there's all sorts of other like weird. How, how do I put this? There have been clutches throughout warcraft that haven't had the aspects direct intervention so absolutely and and this is even within the major flights so i don't understand that's what i don't understand that's what i never understood are are all of these dragon eggs magic eggs is that what they're telling us and since the aspects don't have any more magic but even that doesn't make sense exactly this was always one of those fallout things from cataclysm that i didn't quite get and the thing is is like i get the part where they say the time for aspects is over the age of it's time for the age of mortals now okay i get that but 
why throw the whole we're not going to have any eggs anymore there's not going to be any dragons anymore we're just going to we're just going to roll over and die out like yeah, why throw could... that in there like what purpose does that serve exactly i've been confusing and bewildering a lot of people i don't get it either cuz if you wanted to say now that we've lost our now that the aspects have lost their power no dragons aren't immortal anymore or whatever because a, the dragons are the ones who gave the, the immortality to the night elves, so clearly they have the ability to bestow it. And B, it would fit with like the first remember the first time you fought Nefarian? Oh yeah. And he went on and on about how he you know, he was super long lived and he had seen so much and he understood the game in a way you never would. You could imagine all the stories of dragons having to come to terms with the fact that, you know, you've got maybe a, a thousand years and then you're gonna die. And that's like maybe they'd start trying to have a lot more eggs. Maybe they'd be like, hey, we need to, we need to replenish our numbers or maybe not. And I mean, you could justify the whole no babies thing by saying it was Alex Straza's power that let them have. Sure. As the life binder. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. But then like, how was she getting the Like, was she giving that to the black dragons, even though they were kidnapping her eggs and trying to murder her all the time? How like, did she send what? all of that to Outland? Yeah. yeah. Was she doing that when she was being used by the dragon soul? I mean, there's a lot. I don't know. I, I really feel like this is one of those things where they should just kind of gently not. I don't want to say retcon it just so much. Fill in the gaps. Or just kind of don't ever like kind of just say, oh, it turns out we can still have eggs. See, yeah. and the thing is, is I don't think that this was anything directly mentioned in game. I think it was like in an Ask a Sea Dev or something like that, if I remember right. I don't I don't recall it being mentioned no, specifically sure in game. Was it? Pretty sure there was a mention in game. The Senegosa stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. And you're, uh, you know, but they haven't like they're like this is the last clutch of eggs. But they don't say because we are now magically sterile wink wink. It's heavily just, implied. Yeah, yeah. They don't actually say. So you could totally make a thing like maybe it's just really hard for them to have eggs now because they don't have Alex Straza blessing them. That would make sense, and it would be it would imply that the Nether Drakes. It wasn't that they were, you know, they were having eggs. It's just really hard, you know. They 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 lose a and, lot of them, and that I could be I could be okay with too. Like I could be okay if like you know the dragons are not as populous as they were before because it's hard. The eggs don't survive like they used to. Like you know, then we'll get a mini game where the dragon makes it to the water or something. I don't know. Like it'll just. It, but I could I could see that being an explanation. Another dragon made it to the fire. <laughs> oh, what are you Re trying regardless to regardless of all of this and this is you know a lot of good points are being brought up here including just the kind of nonsensical nature of that particular decree regardless of all of that I don't think that trying to get dragons some kind of magical fertility treatments is really what I would call something that could fuel the plot of an entire expansion. No, but like part I said, of his own. Like, yeah, and that's it's yeah. part of his own. Sure, yeah, it, it could definitely it could definitely fit here too. Like, if the the healing of Azeroth and and using the Azerite somehow, you know, we we work that in where it's you know fixes this particular problem. Joe, Joe, you realize you're proposing Azerite as some kind of magical. Uh... Hey, it drug. gives you ideas, okay? It gives you ideas. What, <laughs> what that means, I'm not going into any detail. Oh, Those wow. are some great ideas. <laughs> um, yeah, they they actually, uh, Buenas Alude said at the end of their email, they did say, this isn't enough of a story thread to carry an entire expansion, but maybe a zone and, and a raid? I would say I dungeon, maybe. Not a dungeon. raid. Dungeon? 
I can see the zone, but I don't even want to think about the raid that is the dragon sex raid. That would be the that would be the weirdest weirdest sure run they... of the Oculus ever. I'm pretty sure there's already websites dedicated that that we don't need to visit. We're okay. Okay, all right. Let's just move on. <laughs> Thank you for the question, Buenas Buenas Alude. Okay, uh, next email is from Ortheus, who says, "Hey, fellow lore walkers, Ortheus here, Night Elf Restro Druid on it." Antonidas, long-time listener, first-time questioner. I don't think any of you have mentioned it yet, but I was doing a world quest in Nazmir, and I noticed that long pier, maybe it was once a road, in the northern part. At the end of it, there's a night elf shipwreck. So I was curious as to why, and I pulled up the map to find that the pier leads straight to the Temple of Illum, or the Tomb of Sargeras. Now, I know the elves evolved from the trolls because of the Well of Eternity, but did the civilizations live side by side? Do you think we'll learn of some possible Titan troll elf lore soon? Just thought it was interesting and wanted some feedback. May the stars guide you. Orpheus. Um, what do you mean I, specifically by side by side? They did live at the same time, yeah. They lived at the well, same time, but location wise, because the thing is, is like you have Zandalar, right? You have like the the kingdom of Zandalar, troll empire, mighty mm-hmm. troll empire, and in the middle of this mighty troll empire, well, not in the middle of it, up in Nazmir, there is a section that looks like it looks like a pier or a path. It's that, an old dock, yeah. Yeah, and it points straight towards the Temple of Elune. And it's not, um, and it's not even like a small. What the temple small, of Lune was, and, and to sort of like clarify, it's not like a little wooden here. No, it's like a it's highway. A gi- it is. It's like a giant, almost like large wood construction that's there. So what or, I think they're asking concern. here is, were the Zandalar and the Night Elves were they living close enough that? they were building that kind of a highway between these two kingdoms. And what does that say about how they were interacting with each other? Like, were they not, not were they living together, but were they living like side by side as in butted up physically, the two kingdoms were like right next to each other. The night elf kingdom completely surrounded Xandalar. Mm -hmm. The night elves had taken everything they wanted around it. They literally penned the Xandalari in what, where, what do you call now Xandalar? was like the last remnant it was basically just the mountain yeah it was uh, the last remnant of the troll empire they had taken everything that they thought worth taking and they like left behind like oh well it would be more trouble than it's worth to murder them the rest of them in this place because they have all their loa there and it would take a lot of magic and be a very long fight and we have everything we want so okay that's good enough like the only reason the night elves didn't keep going and just kill all of them was because it would have been too hard and they felt like, well, we, we took pretty much the whole continent. We have Hyjal, which is more important to us anyway, because as, as the descendants of Night Trolls, although we refuse to admit that, um, Hyjal was where we we're from. Hyjal's sacred to us, but the rest of them, that's sacred to them, eh, they can have it. Now, it's like, also possible that it's older than that, too. And it's also possible, because looking at the dock and looking at how it's constructed, it's not elven. It's definitely not elven. It looks like it's it's trollish in nature as far as, like, how it's carved out, it matches the other troll civilizations. It is entirely possible that it's something that's left. Naswatha? I think so. Like I'm looking yeah, at it's the map up right in Nazmir. Yeah, I'm looking at specifically at Naswatha next to Torgus Rest. Mm-hmm. And I see, yeah, there's like a huge promontory of land. That does definitely look like it's some kind of a freeway. Oh, yeah. you know what? It's Titan. I'm an idiot. Naswatha is a Titan structure. The path oh. of a Titan. Oh. Mm. A titan structure. Whoa, wait a yeah. minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute okay so does that 
obviously the first time we were introduced to any kind of like Path of the Titans thing other than that preemptive thing that they announced that was supposed to be a feature and then got cancelled was the Path of Titans that goes from Ulduar to Dragonblight. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. no, it goes through, and then Dragon it goes, Blade. and then it goes yeah. further south. Where does that intersect with? If you follow but, that straight south, where does that hit? Where does that line up with? I think it would hit the well. Would it hit it the well? Would, yeah, it would. Well, be yeah, because well. the tomb was the tomb of Sargeras. That was another Titan facility, right? Yeah, it was the Temple of the Loon, which was a they we we've now seen the inside of it. It was at the Titan facility. How well, how far does map. that highway go? Well, looking at the map, so the way that the and I just pulled up like uh, like one specifically of Northren, um, the path of the Titans actually goes down through the Maelstrom. Like that's it points like between the Maelstrom and Zandalar. So like it's not exactly perfectly aligned. Yeah, but that but doesn't could, say it that it doesn't very, turn. Right, but it could have very easily have been that when all of those lands were together. So yeah, what well, I'm wondering matter, is, though... does this path of the Titans thing? Does it? Is it a highway that connects all of the Titan facilities and maybe just like pieces and parts of it obviously broke away when the Sundering happened? Does that mean that there's like more pieces of that highway that maybe we just haven't recognized as pieces of that highway? I think we're probably going to find some more pieces of it when we go underwater eventually. Well, if you look to like if you're looking at the actual map of Nazmir. Naswatha to the Heart of Darkness, which we know also is a Titan facility. It's all dear. Straight shot. Yeah. Like a straight line from the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um the remember the, the entire Well of Eternity was 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 bounded around by the Titans. What I'm kind yes. of wondering here is do you think somewhere if you go back to like Oldham, um, do you think somewhere yes. under the sands there's another highway? Well, we also don't- we also don't know like the extent of if it branched off and how far it branched and if it was a complex series of of roadways that they had constructed for ease of travel for their their you know Titan Watchers. And I their, mean, these are really big highways, but you also have to look at the generalized size of like a Titan Watcher. Mm-hmm. They're huge, so that's like a walking path for them. Okay, I'm looking at Oldham right now. The Halls of Origination, um, they go straight over towards Orsis and the Temple of Oldham. Yeah. Like, there's there's no roadway there, but there's valleys and stuff there. Well, do you think that maybe, like, obviously Oldham, it got hit by the reorigination device, right? It, there was yeah. all that destruction that went on. Sand came in, sand destroyed everything. Is it possible that that sand is covering up another section of the Path of the Titans? I think, it, uh, honestly, one of the things I'm thinking here is we know that on Carrage is just one zone over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know that the, uh, the Godlands... Uh, Sholazar Basin is directly north of these two places. Right. And we well, Angoro they... Crater and Angoro yeah. is connected to Sholazar. Yeah. yeah, Sholazar and Angoro are both the Petri dishes of the Titans, so, they call them. So you know, I, don't think it, I don't think it's the path of the Titans is one highway. I think if you think of the Well of Eternity, like remember that the Titans ringed around it. They they actually built a confinement around it. And they the, the, the Temple of Loon is a Titan structure that was guiding and and you know protecting it that's what we know it originally was so what if the the everything went to it like because you'd want to you want to basically have the whole network plugged into the well of eternity because the whole purpose of the original you know the original thing they were doing when they were ordering azeroth was trying to heal that wound so if these are basically like for lack of a better word they're 
capillaries that lead away from it. They're they're like stunt. Like when you put in a when you have a, a wound you need to drain, you put in a shunt. What if they yeah? But at the end of those shunts are are old gods. Seems a little weird to me. Well, that's the the thing is the old gods might be the things they're imprisoning. They're using the well of eternity to do it. I don't. It. I'm just using these as metaphors. What I really think here is that the whole thing could be based around those original. We only have a few of these facilities. We know there's more. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was her name? And so much of it is underwater now. The maiden yeah. of the maiden of vitality told us a whole bunch of names. Yeah, so, yeah. There's this but, giant list. Yeah. So Aldoris, whatever the heck Aldoris is, we don't know where Aldoris is. So I think I think that and that's where I was kind of going with it. I was on the same page as you to a certain extent. I don't think that the Well of Eternity was the central point. I think that there might. Uh, the question is like, what was the main Titan facility? Like, did they have everything just spread out into these smaller, different ones for a reason? Or did they have a main central hub? I'd want to say I'd want to say Ulduar because that's where Odin was based, and Odin was supposedly the head of everything. I'd I want to say that that would be I point A, know. and then everything yeah. else branches off from that because that's also where the central facility was that created the Titan Forged. Well, there were two. There was also the one in, in that's now in the south that's in Pandaria. That also oh well, yeah. Forged. And don't but forget, yeah. even up there, we had we had what two small offshoots that weren't part of uh, uh Alduar either like we had the halls of stone and the halls of lightning that were separate facilities wait well, there. well let's not forget winter grasp and winter grasp yep that's also a tiny facility and they had Sholazar that they were monitoring honestly i'm going to go by the fact that we have an, on on argus we have antorus and Antor- that's exactly what i was going to say yep. Antorus is clearly a central base and they have other titans they've got like titan watchers there obviously that's a thing that the titans do they set up facilities. They put in Titan Forge because they're they're the Titans themselves are too powerful. They use these smaller proxies. If we go with the Antorus thing, if Antorus is the central pro- processing area of of Argus, I'd say Aldorus would have been Azeroth's well, uh, yeah, central I was, base. That would have been like say something similar. Yep. Okay. Where do you and think we just that is? Yeah, we don't know where it is or if it's underwater or if it's got, like, Nazoth in it or what. We have no idea. Do you guys have well, any, like, ideas? I well, I was one I just listed, literally, yeah, like I just said. I was going to – that's kind of where I was leaning towards, too, is that I think it's I think it's underwater. And I, I think it may or may not be, you know, it, where Nazoth was in prison, but it would make the most sense. The old gods love to corrupt Titan structures. Mm-hmm. We know that Ankaraj had a name before – um, Yogg's, not Yogg-Saranach, Cthulhu took it over and renamed it Ankaraj. Um, it might have been Aldiz, it might have been Aldoris for all I know, um, but we know that it had a name. Do we think so, that Neolatha is actually Aldoris? It might be. Uh, we it, know that, too, for that matter, we know that, like, Nazwatha, like, oh, what's the name of that place? There's, there's another one of these pyramids. There's the pyramid in the south that, that's become Desaralor. That's a Titan pyramid too. That's a Titan and then seal. there's also yeah. Voldun. Yeah, but the one of Voldun's name is something Amon, Amulamon, Amalamon. I forget. I can't remember the name of it. I don't remember the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Well, I think I think that's significant. I think the names I, are significant because those are the the original when 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 the uh, the Zandalar their first big cities were in Nazmir. Mm-hmm. Dazarlor is is a later city. It's they retreated to that when they couldn't handle the corruption coming out of Aldir anymore. They ran away. They ran south to Dazarlor. Um, 
that to me there's there's some the way that these things radiate out the uh you know Nazwatha, the Odir complex the the locks that that feed into it they they this i i feel like there's something i'm missing here well but it's connected to what joe was talking about the one thing i also want to point out too that we've already kind of possibly gotten a glimpse of nyalatha and especially in the Azara short, the Warbringer. Yeah. If you look at it, that is a vast, complex structure that has all of the hallmarks of what we've seen for Titan facilities and obelisks and temples. And yeah, that's why I said. Already. That's why I said. Do you think Nyalatha is Oldoris? But looking at the scale of it, I think it very well could be that missing central hub. Because it looks like it is probably larger than anything else we've encountered so far. Which is, and it's the first one that they established because Nazoth was the first one that they captured. Uh-huh. And it would make sense that they would probably put the, the most into that first attempt at imprisonment, right? That first attempt at research. Guys, have you actually looked at the image that she sees? Yeah, I have it up in front of me right now. Do you notice there's a pyramid in it? Yep. Yeah. That's why I was bringing it up. There are several pyramids in it. Yeah, but the specific one that's in the forefront that has tentacles kind of around it, mm-hmm. um, it's very old. It's very much like Aldum. Yep. And in fact, the whole thing looks Aldumish. So, but it's got the geometric progression of the the Zandalar stuff. This, yeah, that's. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Okay, Orpheus, thank you for the question. Um, we kind of rambled all over the place, but <laughs> the answer <laughs> so... to your question is it's a Titan structure. It yeah. predates either Night Elves or Zandalar. The yeah. reason it would have existed was because Nazwatha is Titan, and so is the Temple of Elune. So the two of them might have been linked. They might have been way stations. Along with everywhere else, as we're finding out. Okay, next email. This is from Gap, who's a Blood Elf Paladin on Argent Dawn EU, who says, Hello, Lore Masters. Quick question for you, maybe to tinfoil over. We already know that Elune is not a Naru. But we still don't know what she is. What if Alun is an old god or even a void lord? If the Naru can have shadow forms and even necrotic like magic can exist in the light, why not an old god or even a void lord that went the other way around? Keep doing your great work, Gap. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I've been kind of like mulling this over ever since I read the email. I don't. What do you guys think, Joe? I have a hard time buying into Alun as an old god type thing. Because, I mean, yeah, it's entirely possible that we could channel enough light into an old god and turn it into something else. We don't know what that is. We have no record of it ever happening. It's And while it's definitely within the realm of possibilities that, yeah, Alun could have had that happen. But the question is, how long ago did that happen? Where did it happen? Because our understanding is that Alun's been here since basically things have been ordered, right? Like since the universe was was ordered and, and born she's Alun's been around I, I don't know if i really buy that she's an old god i think and, and and you had this idea a long time ago um where what if she was just like you know we have the void throwing old gods basically throwing void bits into the universe and old gods stick and that's the result of their void hitting the material plane what if there's something from the light plane that sort of like threw into the material plane and then Alun is a result of that okay like, i have something to say and i want sure, you guys to really react to this what if a loon is the void god the void lord version of lothar thraxian 
a creature that was corrupt purified by the light and then turned around and started doing the light equivalent of what it had been doing on the other side then the question is who did it yeah well the light but the light's just kind of a force is it maybe the light has to be channeled and moved doesn't it like that's what we've seen in the past it's a thing that exists like in the beginning there was nothing but light and then the void developed and then the two came together and started clashing but is it is it just a force is it just a thing is it an entity we don't know i've been thinking about this ever since we first had the void lords mentioned um one of the things i i certainly think it is possible like that that might be Elune's origin Elune might be like lothraxian or she might be like uh we know that the titans have been doing experiments to try and figure out how to deal with the void the void entities the old gods well my we thought if is if they ever the succeeded or not you know? Yeah, my thought is is if the Naru have a light cycle and a void cycle, and that's just their natural cycle of being, then who's to say the Void Lords don't have a light cycle? Maybe. Or, I keep coming back to this idea. We know that Elune, the Tear of Elune was capable of restoring a, a Naru, a Naru Prime. Um, and one of the things I've been thinking about ever since that was that when they talk about how you know Zera was created during the great ordering of the universe. Who ordered the universe? The Titans didn't do that. Titans have been going around ordering planets, but they didn't order the universe. Who did? What was the ordering of the universe? When did that happen? Was there a side of fries involved? No. Um... no it, it, one of the things I keep thinking about is, we, we you guys mentioned the Void Lords and how they throw the old gods in the universe to see if which ones will stick and so forth. Yeah. And we know that the, they've hit other worlds, that there's many other planets in the universe we don't know if there is a corresponding urge in the light. I mean, we know that the Void Lords exist. The is void, that what the, the Naru has, are? Yeah. The void, ha, the void Lords have this whole idea. One of the things I thought for a long time is, what if the Void Lords are the ones who, like, they believe everything is possible, all things, you know, the thousand truths, that whole, that whole thing. The idea of, you know, all things are true, so everything's permitted because we can do anything because anything could happen. And the, we've, we said before, the light believes in only one true thing. Like there's only one true path. There's one true thought. What if that's because there are void lords, but there's just the light as an entity, as a being. It has one mind, one thought, one voice, one will. One truth. Yeah. And if that thing saw the void, you know, the void lords are throwing, you know, old gods into the universe Maybe it would throw something in itself, but what if it didn't do that? What if that's what Naru are? If Naru are, you know, it grabbed an old god and it purged them. And that's why when they, they go into their dark cycle, they become, you know, the void, what are they called? Void monstrosities? Void lords? Like Entropius? Yeah, I think so, they're called like void lords, but it's not mm -hmm. the same as the void yeah. lords but that it's created the old gods. Maybe it's an emulation of them. Maybe it's them trying to get back to the purity of their, you know, original state before they were tossed into the into the meat universe, for lack of a better word, sorry. But that doesn't answer what a loon is, except maybe it does. Because well, if, if that didn't work, or how do you do that? How do you turn your enemy's weapons to your cause, to borrow from another video game? Well, you have to split yourself. You can't, you know, the light as a being of one truth is inherently limited because it can't adapt to opposing viewpoints. It can't think, well, what are they going to do? I can't predict what they're going to do. They're inherently unpredictable to me. I need a way to think differently. 
because the night warrior stuff and i know we're talking not going to talk about 8.1 but that's just something we know is out so we should we have to at least address that elune has that aspect elune has a, a void cycle she has darkness she's got the night cycle because mo- the moon does mm-hmm. the moon goes from full to to, to new to, you know the moon that elune is not the other two moons because we're not talking about them um there's just i don't know i think elune is something greater than an old god I think she's I, yeah. probably on par with a Void Lord. Well, and and the reason, the other reason I believe that too, and, I, and I'm sort of in that camp, is because like even let's look at last expansion. Let's look at the final raid, um, where we go to a, another planet during the Antorus the Burning Throne raid, which is called what Alunaria. Like the naming structure has existed in other places of the universe besides Azeroth. So I think. I think she's bigger. I think it's. I think it's something bigger, and it's something. And she's not yeah. something that's just restricted to Azeroth. Yes. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Let's think about this for a Even second. Even in Burning Crusade, there were there was an entire set of of armor that dropped the uh, Elunarian set. Or I think uh-huh. it was what it was. And that was on a whole other planet. But here's here's the thing that you you got me thinking. The light is a metaphor too, and one of the metaphors that's used on Azeroth to describe it is the sun. Suns and moons dominate night skies they're things they're old primal symbols if you have the light and you're representing it with the sun the loon represents how the light can turn to shadow it's the opposite but equal part of light light casts shadows light illuminates but it also makes the darkness in the first place and that's true in Azeroth. That's how we know Azeroth existed because originally it was just light and the light formed eddies and those eddies were shadowed and the shadow came to be. That's the origin story of the of the Warcraft cosmos. So it's possible that the light has Elune to serve as its actual like now I want to use the word demiurge like and that's kind of a weird concept because it's very Gnostic. But what if that's what Elune does? What if Elune is the light's will? for lack of a better word. The light itself is too cosmic to think or feel. It has its truth and that's all. But a loon can be a being. Well, I find it also interesting because let's look at, just going back to the sun and moon bit, moons don't cast light on their own. Moons reflect light from the sun. They, they, they don't have their own light at all. So that would make perfect sense if we're using that as the metaphor that like a moon can't cast light by itself a moon has to reflect light from another source so if a loon is basically acting as the will made manifest in the universe of the light that would make perfect sense to me see for me the reason why i suggested the lothraxian angle is because i keep going back to the formation of the light forged and how they came to be and how they're made because they're made essentially by giving them some kind of supercharged irradiated dose of the light that transforms them. Turalyon isn't a human anymore. I mean, he is, but he isn't because he's essentially immortal. The light is like the, the dude glows. The dude glows. And that's not normal. Even for practitioners of the light on Azeroth, paladins can wield the light, but they aren't composed of it. And it feels like the light forged, in a way, they have been almost genetically altered so that they are partially composed of the light now. And part of me thinks, well, what if that happened? What if that process happened to a Void Lord? 
what if the light got its hands and I'm using this in a completely like figurative because the light doesn't have hands, right? It's not a thing. It's not an entity that we know of. But what if the light managed to touch one of those void lords and give it the supercharged dose of the light treatment, give it that treatment that then passed on from presumably Elune to the Naru that she created and the Naru have continued on that cycle with mortals. Is that, do you, do you see what I'm getting at here? There's like a chain going on because it's yeah, not just, just the void trying to swallow everything here. Cause that's the thing. That's the thing about the Warcraft universe. And we, we keep focusing on the part where it's like, well, the void wants to like devour everything and turn it into chaos and blah, 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 all that other stuff. Well, the light is kind of doing the same thing, but from the other side. It's trying to wash everything into that one version of the yeah. truth that it has. I mean, that's sort of what keeps the balance, right? Right. Like, no, that, that totally keeps at a yeah. cosmic level. It's that it's that cosmic balance level, but I'm wondering if maybe that's what occurred and maybe that's what we're looking at with a loon. Because on that know. chart, on that cosmology chart, we have like the old gods of the Naru and they're opposite each other on the chart. And then we have the void lords down there in the void area. And then up in the light area, we have the Naru and then nothing. And I feel like Elune is that nothing. That's what fits in that nothing spot. And they didn't put it there because this book was published before they wanted to go into that too much. Yeah, and I can see that, but that still fits in with the it still fits in with the light's will made manifest, right? Like it still supports that. Yeah. It found a way to make its will manifest by stealing a void lord. Well, that's that's <laughs> like if you wonder if the if the void lords are weaker than the light because individually, because they're the void lords, whereas there's just the light on the other side. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the, the, the void's problem is that it can't be united. The void, even, even the old is, gods, look at, look at the old gods. They warred with each other, right? Like, yeah, and that's the thing. That's the reason why the light is terrifying because the light does have a singular purpose, a singular will. A we, singular and, ooh, and we see that even here in the game, like in battle for Azeroth, you see that and you see uh, Alliance people, please don't get mad at me. Um, but with the Magar orcs, like you see that single will made manifest. What happens with those light sworn, those light bound? They're that's kind of where I was. Planet. That's kind of where I was inferring with that when I was saying that, like, there were events in game even that sort of reflected, like, beyond the formation of the Light Forged, it it it's that drive to turn things to the light, to try mm -hmm. and purify those things and turn them to the light, and in a way that's almost as dangerous as what the Void is doing. It's just they're going about it from the angle of well. The light gives us benevolent feelings and make us makes us feel peaceful and calm and all this other stuff. So it has to be good. It's not good. It's not bad. It just exists. And it's the same thing with the void. It's not good. It's not bad. It just exists. And these two, these two things that exist keep butting up against each other. And that's what creates us. So I don't know. I don't know that, where a loon fits into it all. I'm I'm definitely in the Rossi camp on this one. This is another thing. Mark it on your calendars, folks. I agree. I agree with Rossi. Um, I I really do think that Alun is much bigger than just a captured, purified Void Lord. I, I think she is. She is too big, well, too powerful, that too in present. And, that in and of itself, a, a captured, purified Void Lord. That in and of itself 
is an extraordinary weird and powerful thing because look what happens to the light forged the look what happened to Turalyon. He went from a mortal with a mortal lifespan, blink of an eye compared to any Draenei out there, to this immortal kind of godlike being just because of that mega dose of the light. If it could do that to something as puny as a human, what would it do to something as powerful as a Void Lord? What would it turn them into? A light god? Like You know, we are ignoring another possibility. Oh please, go for it. It just occurred to me, we know that the Void Lords are looking for a means to corrupt a Titan, because a corrupted Titan would be immeasurably more powerful <laughs> okay. than a regular Titan. Yeah, yeah, I see where you're going. We don't know that that hasn't already happened Ooh. on the other side. Ooh. There's no reason the light couldn't... The Titans use the light all the time. Mm-hmm. There's no reason the kite, there couldn't be a light Titan. And that would be... One of the interesting things about the Naru is they have technology. They have a technology unique to themselves that is based on their on themselves, and it is not the Draenei. The Draenei technology was completely different. The stuff they've learned to use since they they got on the crystal ships, all the is, crystal stuff, yeah, all the that's yeah, all Naru. That's not their original Eridar technology. They had their own magic science. Those trans dimensional ships aren't Draenei ships. They're yeah. Naru ships that the Draenei yeah. have learned to use. Which, if the Naru were created by a loon in some way. That implies that a loon has access to that kind of thing. We've, oh. seen, we've seen that the Titans have their own kind of technology that is very similar. And we've seen Titan technology all over Azeroth. The reason Titan technology in Azeroth looks the way it does is because it's made out of Azerothian components. They've said this hundreds of times. The Earthen, the Titan, all the Titan forged on Azeroth were made from Azeroth's materials. All the stuff they built was made out of Azerothian stuff. So if there's some light titan out there somewhere, that that titan might have made the Naru, and then the Naru would go forth into the cosmos to 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 enact its will, and it would just talk about the light because the titan would basically just be an enormous being of light. And it would make a lot of sense of why there's a whole bunch of ordered planets or other things that are even yeah. just one other planet that exists named after you know yeah. a loon because and, maybe yeah. that's where she came from. Here's the thing. What if right now, right now, in the sky above Azeroth, a Titan is orbiting the planet and has been for millennia? And it's up there right now, looking down on the planet, making sure things are okay. It doesn't interfere directly for fear of harming the planet. It saw what happened when Amenthul showed up. So it doesn't just reach down and fix things. It, it Would operates that be... like a scalpel. Here, here's my only quibble with that but it's not much of a quibble because I'm going to follow that with a caveat but in Chronicle it said that Amonthul and the rest of the Pantheon they were the first Titans to awaken and then they went to go find others right? That's fair. But The caveat to that though is what woke them up? We know Amonthul woke some of the other ones up but we don't know what woke him up. Yeah. How'd he wake up in the first place? Was there a cosmic alarm clock or was there something tapping him on the shoulder and going, hi, it's time to be. And it would explain why one of the things that the Titans left behind was the tear of a loon and not the something of Aeonar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they were all working with her, for that matter, that would explain why when you go to a uh, siege of Orgrimmar, when you're, when you're in the Shah of pride encounter, uh, Norshen summons the light. The light is not gentle. It purifies. 
He uses the light during that encounter. If Elune was there the whole time, if Elune woke up the Pantheon, you know, if Elune is basically curled up in a ball sleeping in orbit around Azeroth so as not to hurt the planet, if Elune is the one who showed uh, the Titan Forged how to make the Emerald Dream. If Mother and, Moon uh, is actually Mother Moon. Yes. Like that's... literally physical presence is up in the sky. Just we haven't that's been there yet. Interesting thought. Okay. I think we've gone over this subject probably enough. Um, Gap. Hope you had fun with the tinfoiling that we just did. <laughs> um, there's like a whole bunch of other stuff that I need to look into now and um, double check. But yeah, the origins of a loon and what a loon actually is, it's still one of those mysteries that they haven't really clearly defined. And I feel like it's just one of those, they're holding it in their back pocket as a someday thing, but not necessarily immediately. I don't know. I hope we see that those questions answered though. Um I think we got time for one more email here, so let's go ahead and go to this one by Balak, who's from Dragonblight US, who says, Dear Watchers, I have a different interpretation of the Yezshara Warbringer short that I wanted to share with you. I think you underestimated Nazoth. He knew Yezshara's vanity, and he played to it. He offered to make her a slave, and predictably she demanded to be queen. He grudgingly quote-unquote, accepted, and she thought she won. In reality, though, isn't she still just a slave to Nazoth? A slave with a crown, but a slave nonetheless. Thanks, and keep on watching. Balak. What do you guys think? Do you think that Ashara pulled one over on Nazoth, or do you think Nazoth pulled one over on Ashara? I would be a lot less interested in the story if Nazoth is ultimately the one pulling the strings on Ashara, because that's predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, also cheapen- it also cheapens her a little bit to me. As far yeah. as I'm concerned. But I mean, I'd tell you right now, Nazoth is of the four, he's the physically weakest, and yet he's the one who's still around. So cunning is not something in short supply for Nazoth. He's been laying low all these yeah. years. I think there's a certain amount of that each of them thinks they're using the other. That's absolutely the case. Nazoth I do think Nazoth would have much preferred outright obedience. I think he did grudgingly accept. And I think that she does have a lot more independence than Nazoth would prefer. But to Nazoth, well, okay, she's doing this because she wants to build herself a kingdom. She's doing this because she wants to rule as she did. She wants to create her perfect empire. But she's still doing it. Mm -hmm. And as long as she is doing it, as long as she is executing along the lines I want executed, then I have no reason to do anything. I don't have to... Plus, let's be fair, he was not in a position to enforce his will. He was bound. He's only recently started waking up. He and as Shara, as Shara will build him his army, and armies can be corrupted, whereas Shara maybe can't. I mean, it really does play into the classic Demona Xanathos sort of relationship. Both are using each other to their ends to, to some degree. I love how we you threw don't. this to a Gargoyles reference. <laughs> because it fits. It, it does. Fits. I just, I love that you went there. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's one of those things where we don't know the extent to which either one is truly coming out ahead or if they are like, so at the end of the day, yes, she's building an army for, you know, Nazoth, but that army is made up of who right now, the Naga, who are the Naga loyal to? Yes, they could theoretically be corrupted, but the Naga are all loyal to her for the most part. There are, there are some that sort of shy away or, or 
try to do other things. We've we've seen that in the past, but yeah, but the vast majority of the Naga yeah. are almost fanatic, you know, frenetically loyal to her. I'm not just exactly fanatic, straight up like energetic about it. They're they're frenetic. They're in, straight up crazy for her. And this goes to before they were even Naga, right? Like this is she had that sort of power over over her people, where she was loved emphatically by everybody. Like it was just. It was almost like a and cultish devotion. The right? implication, the implication is there, and it was there in the original Well of Eternity series. The implication is there that maybe not all of that was because of their own free will, and maybe some of that was as Shara exerting her influence because Which she to, is powerful. And and I like that because then it, going into this with Nazoth, yeah. So who better to sort of undermine controlling magic than somebody who's been using it for eons? Like, you know, I, I, I think to a certain degree, as Shara knows full well that Nazoth is not as helpless as he might have seen, especially now. She can tell, you know, what's going on. And he knows she knows. And she knows that he knows that she knows. And the two of them are constantly playing this kind of game where it's like, how far can I go? How strong am I at the moment? What can I do? What's important to me? Would I rather have to tolerate her having her own individual freedom? Or, you know, is it more important to me that she be like a slave than that I get what I want? Because Nazoth wants out. He, as he himself said, I watched you for a thousand years. Was she supposed to be impressed by that? I mean... She's lived a couple thousand Creep, years at that point. It's, creepers always think that's impressive, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, there's that whole thing about it. It's one of those situations. Every time I think about it, I'm like, the amount of time that's passed since, she's not been idle for 10,000 years. She's not been sitting underwater just waiting for stuff to happen. No. We know that, like, we know that just from stuff like the Drust have a history of fighting the Naga. The Drust. The Naga were, were messing around with them, like, you know, two, three thousand years ago. The Naga have been doing stuff worldwide all along. Heck, the Tortolans, man, the Tortolans, the old ancient race. They comment about the Naga as one of their idol things. Yeah, and they hate them. They absolutely hate them. Yeah, so there's a lot. We The, the scale of both of their ambitions, Nazoth has been unable to do anything for thousands of years, since thousands of years before the Sundering unable to act he has only recently awoken to the point where he could even empower an agent whereas ashara has had the past ten thousand years to plot and scheme and act i don't think she's his slave does that mean he isn't trying to like play to her vanity to control her no i think he absolutely is trying to play to her vanity to control her but i think it's he has to try that kind of thing he can't just compel her obedience she'd sooner die well, not only that, but I mean, it's if he didn't, she would know something was up, right? Like yeah. that sort of plays into that. He, he has to. He he's required to to a certain extent because that's what she expects. And so as long as he keeps giving her what she expects, he can get what he needs out of her. It's a mutually parasitic relationship. And and I think it's OK as long as it remains that if it turns out that he's been the puppet master all along. I think it completely undermines the malice and the genius of the character of Jara. And I don't want that to happen. No, I definitely don't want that to happen either. Um, 
I think that pretty much wraps us up for all the time that we've got right now, though. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show here. Again, if you have an email for the show, um, you could send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and put Lore Watch in the subject line just so that we know that it's intended for this show. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And for you guys, listeners of Blizzard Watch, uh, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have several blizzard titles available in their library but they also have thousands of other books to choose from you can pick up any of those titles for your free download and you can also you know check out however many you can in that free 30-day trial you can sign up for that at blizzardwatch.com audible and every sign up helps support the show and everything that we do um final thoughts you guys i have a question and i'm not sure there is no definitive answer to it but I'm curious what you guys think about it. As Shara, we know her as the queen. She was born with golden eyes, all this destiny, da 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 da, da all that other stuff. Been ruling for thousands of years, now underwater. Who were her parents? Do you guys have any idea? Do you think her parents were powerful spellcasters? Do you think? Do you think that when she came to be? Was it just an ordinary, here we have a kid and this kid has been supercharged for some reason that we don't know? Or do you think that maybe there was some kind of Rathion element involved where even before she was born, something touched her? Joe? I, I don't know, because isn't it stated like elsewhere that it's it's not unheard of for a position to be given a high, like a, posi- a person to be given a high position in what was essentially highborn elf culture just based on the the level of power they had. It doesn't necessarily mean that they had to come from a, like a Royal line or anything like that. Well, the um, reason far- that I ask this is because we have Illidan, right? Right. And one of the things that we found out about Illidan and Legion was that his whole destiny path, everything else was kind of a product of Zira. Like she'd been watching, they'd been watching. They, he was like, destined to be what he was destined to be he was part of that whole one truth that they saw was as shara part of that do you yeah and that's and that that's a possibility simply because of the golden eye thing i think if anything else it seems like a real interesting signifier of light tampering i guess you would say one thing we know is that she was the sole heir to the throne Mm -hmm. which means to me the way that's put that implies that she inherited it. it she her for lack of a better word, her parents would have been the the previous rulers. Yeah. Um, we know that the Highborn Empire that she ruled, she ruled it herself for a couple thousand years. Uh, and it existed for a couple thousand years before that. And that it basically carved its it carved itself out of the old uh, troll empires. It tore up the both the Amani and the Gurubashi. It just ripped away like most of the world from them. And then for an encore, it gobbled up what the Zandalar had left. Uh, the same thing with the Drakkar. Basically, all these troll kingdoms that managed to survive, survived because they were far enough away from the Well of Eternity that the Night Elves didn't care about them. So Zoldrak, eh, it's really far north and it's not that close to the Well. We don't care. Uh, you know, that's pretty much the way the trolls... Trolls don't like to admit it, but they got spanked. Mm-hmm. So 
her her direct parents probably would have been whoever was king or queen at the time and whoever their mate was maybe the consort i don't know uh that's but that's the kind of thing we don't really know we don't know exactly do you think there was some kind of intervention involved like with illidan where there was something going on destiny light what have you honestly one of the things i've always wondered is what if she was chosen by a loon mm-hmm. ah. she's good to say she was doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing and then like a loon basically had to pick someone else or do you know, do you know what i mean like because she didn't really zinashari you know what zinashari's real name was aluniara yeah mm-hmm. they renamed it. it in her yeah. image because they she, loved her that much they were she was essentially trying to replace a but what if what if this is all part of that great plan of the light like what if this was set in motion purposely because remember remember the biggest problem that we had is you can't kill an old god right right or at least so we think but what if this is all part of the plan of the light to set it up so that it can rid the universe of old gods it can rid the universe of those infections what if this is all part of that and she's doing exactly what she needs to do or what she's destined to do we don't know like not everybody's destiny is 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 a good thing Right. Like at least the way that it is explained here. And we know that sure people can uh, buck that responsibility like Illidan did to a certain degree. But what if this is a more subtle play? What if what if everything she's doing, everything she's done, the the vanity, the renaming of everything, making her the most beloved uh, ruler that they had ever had, the most beloved highborn? What if that was all part of the, the greater plan, a longer plan, a several thousand year long plan? to purge Azeroth. Well, for that matter, I mean, Ill- you know, Illidan may have bucked his destiny, but, I mean, he actually fulfilled it. He did. He did everything that they wanted him to do. He didn't, just because Zira thought that that's what he should do doesn't mean she was necessarily plugged into the plan. To the fully. big plan, yep, exactly. You know, who knows? I don't know, but all I know is that I would pay really good money for an Ashara origin story novel. So, you know, Blizzard, if you're listening, maybe look into doing that. That'd be great. Anyway, that wraps us up for the show. Thank you guys, as always, for listening, and we will see you again in two weeks. 